This is Rad Talk with Tracy, the podcast. This is a place where you'll discover what's possible when people impacted by reactive attachment disorder inspire change and build community through sharing their stories and expertise. I'm Tracy Poffenroth Prado, and I'm your host. I'm really glad you're here. And before we get started, if you like the podcast, please click like, share, and write a review. It helps so much. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. I am really excited to introduce my guest today. You know them already, but they're here together today. Andarina and Legend. Both are people who had RAD and they are young adults now. They contacted me because after my podcasts with each of them separately, they heard each other and really wanted to talk about what it's like and how they've come through RAD and what it meant to them to connect. Hey, how are you all doing? Hi. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a long while. So legend, you contacted me and tell me, tell me why, or tell everybody else um, why. It was just, it was just very inspiring to see another fellow young adult get over the, the uh, diagnosis, you know? So I was like, I wonder what would it be like if both of us were like together as talking to you and uh, kind of getting like both opinions of what each other went through. I love that. So you listened to the podcast with Andarina where I interviewed Andarina. Yes. Tell me what that felt like. What was that like for you? I remember there was a feeling it was mostly like, it felt like I wasn't alone because I, you know, we did the podcast with you. I did it with my mother and all that. And uh, I'm like, hey, I just, there's a lot of talk about me. I just want, I feel like I I want there to be someone else. And then this opportunity arose and I was like, well, this will be a perfect opportunity because I always thought I was so like alone. I was just going to ask you that. Had you ever met anybody else with reactive attachment disorder? I've met a couple, like a couple people while I was in like the institute, but like, like I've not gotten over it that I've known. Okay, so not somebody who'd gotten over it that you knew outside of like a facility right. or a treatment. So, Andarina, how did that feel for you to be contacted? legend contacted me and wanted to connect with you. So what did that feel like getting my email and saying, Hey, there's somebody out here that wants to connect with you. They also grew up with reactive attachment disorder. And it was kind of encouraging. Cause like I told you, like the reason why I'm sharing my story is to help others. And just the fact that like pretty quickly after like wanted to be in contact with me. And then we talked and I, like he said, it's interesting because I've never met other than in like therapy settings, like another child with rad or that had it. So I'm like, whoa, this is weird. I don't know. It, Cause it's not something you just come across like on the street, like, Hey, like I had rad, <laughs> like no one talks about it. Right. So but, it must be a lonely place to be. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So this is the first time both of you have met someone with reactive attachment disorder just in everyday life. Yeah. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. What was your first conversation like? What was that like? It was over the phone. Yeah. Over the phone. Uh, yeah. And I just, and I asked him his story. Because <laughs> he already heard mine. I'm like, what's yours? Like, like where do you come from? And, and I thought that was really interesting how he conquered Rad too. Well, you know, for most families and, and parents, your stories are not common. So you growing up alone with Rad and not knowing other kids in your community or just friends with reactive attachment disorder, parents also uh, really don't often have a success story in their family. So I think the fact that we have two of you here on this podcast is incredible. And I'm so glad you're here to, to share about it. Did you, did you have any similarities when you were sharing your stories? Did you have any similarities or were there things that you could relate to and be like, Oh, me too. I remember us both talking about how there was like a pivotal point where like we had to make the decision individually to want to change. Yeah. If I remember correctly, you had like a therapist that said something yeah. and you were like, whoa. I had a therapist that told me basically, yeah. you know, you have to make the choice to make the change. I can't make your choices for you to get better. So it's kind of like on the individual. Right. And you both had that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I love that you're bringing this up because this is a huge question from parents. So when I'm talking or working with parents, one of the biggest questions is what, what is the secret? What, what do people need to do? Is it therapy? Is it, is it a choice? And you both, and I've interviewed another gentleman, uh, you know, have all said that there is a piece of it, that it, it is a choice. So the other question I know people want to know is how, how did you get to that point where you wanted to make that choice? Because I think that choice has been presented to a lot of our kiddos. Why did you make the choice and some, and some don't, what was it within you both that you wanted to? Well, I remember my, how I made my choices out of basically fear I remember sitting in therapy at one of the institutes or the institute that I went to and the, ther- the, ther- the therapist I was talking to was told me, he goes, cause I wasn't, a- I wasn't a- acting right. And I was acting up and stuff like that, non-cooperative. And he went ahead and told me, he goes, I can send you somewhere else where you're not going to like it or you can make the choice to make the change. And so I was thinking like, because I was adopted, I've been to foster homes, I've done all that stuff. So that I was thinking, oh, he's going to send me somewhere else, like another family. And I'm like, I, I can't have that. Like, no, like I'm not going through that again. So it was kind of like a, I made the choice out of like a fear aspect. This might be a hard question, but was it the fact that you were a little bit connected to your family or no, or it was just the fact that you didn't want to change again? And there's no right or wrong answer. It was the fact that I, I was connected with my family, but I didn't know it at the time. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you were worried. You didn't want to have to move and go through all that again. Correct. Start over. Another question. And then I'm going to talk to you, Andrina, and ask you the same thing. 
something popped into my head when you were talking legend. Do you think you could have made that decision the year before? If you were given that same choice, if I was given that same choice, like a year before making the choice, I don't think I would have made it. I think I needed all that help going through the Institute, going through the therapy sessions, going through the neurofeedback, all that stuff. I think that all helped build that decision to, at that time, I, I don't think I could have done it without it. Like, you know, right. Right. So that choice is there, but you also needed help to get to the point, to be able to be in a place to make the change. Right. Okay. How about you, Andrina? I think for me, I was just at a point where I was just tired. <laughs> like, mm. I, and I did trust my parents were consistent enough where I was at the point where I knew I could trust them. It was just a choice of, was I going to let go of control and like kind of take a leap of courage, I guess, because I was tired of just because I watched my siblings and they were like happy and doing like normal family things. And I wanted to participate in that. And also I had like spurts of like randomly feeling bad and before that, I didn't really feel bad for what I did or like how I hurt my family. But like I was getting more and more of that. So like I knew I didn't want to keep hurting them. And I knew I wanted to have normal family dynamics with my family. And at that point, I knew I could trust them. So it's really just me. Like at that point, I realized I was hurting myself more than my family. Was Got hurting. it. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And and for you too, your parents used some therapeutic uh, parenting or your mom used therapeutic parenting techniques that helped Mm -hmm. build that consistency for you to get to that place. So here's another question. I've got a million popcorning in my brain right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I hope I can remember all of them, but, uh, another question that, um, that came to mind is, well, first of all, how old were you each when you made that decision to change? Well, so Andrea, you were 12 legend. If my mother's listening, if she can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but <laughs> I feel like it's somewhere between the ages of like 15 and 17, somewhere around there. Maybe it wasn't that too long ago. Okay. Yeah. So there's no magic age. It sounds like it was a combination of things of you making that decision, but feeling safe enough to do that. So Andrea, the other thing that came to mind was, you mentioned that you really wanted to be part of family bonding, family mm-hmm. connection before that, before you made the decision and this for you too, legend, if you can relate to this when you didn't or weren't ready to make that change in behavior and feel safe enough to connect, did you still crave that even though you weren't ready to jump into it? What was that like? Because, well, I know a lot of parents experience their kids with that push pull. They, you know, show that they want to be a part of things, but then what happens, it's that disorganized attachment. Then they push away the minute things get close. So it does seem Mm -hmm. from a parent's point of view, even before you're ready that you want some of that. Is that accurate from your experience? Yeah, I think so. I think naturally people want to be loved, but just like at that point when I was younger, it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd rather, I want I felt more comfortable being self-reliant and having control than I did giving, giving that up. And yeah. 
being loved. And you felt the same yeah. legend. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrina, in our last interview too, a big key word is scared, terrified. Were you scared legend? Would that be something or what held you back? I know a lot of things, but in terms of emotion. Fear was a big aspect of it. And it was mostly fear and like the fact, like knowing the fact that I was in control of the situation. Those were the two big, big pointers for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. You both nailed it. I mean, that is rad. It's, it's control and safety, right? So if you give up Mm -hmm. control, it doesn't feel so safe. So you had to do, had to do some work to get there. Yeah. You made it. So tell everybody what you're doing today. How old are you now? What, what are you doing? How do you define that you're you're better, you're successful. What does that look like after rad? Well, I'll start, I guess. Um, <laughs> there's, don't get me wrong. There's still like, it's not like all rainbows and lollipops and everything. Once you get better, like you're, <laughs> you're still going to have moments in your life where you're still going to go downhill or not uphill and downhill. Like just the other day I had some stuff happen. I'm like, Oh, starting to go downhill. Can't do that. You know? But um, for me, most of these things I never thought that I would like see when I was like had rad and everything. I was like, yeah, there's never, there's not gonna be time where I'm a high school graduate. There's not gonna be time where I'm living on my own right now, like how I am right now. You know, I moved out of mom dad's house. You know, there's not, I'm working. I'm, you know, being like a functional human in society. You know, but. I mean, I'm doing all the things that a normal or somewhat normal human being would do. (laughs) Did you know that Rad Talk with Tracy is not just a podcast? We offer one-of-a-kind support services for parents, including supportive coaching, support groups, and retreats. Rad Talk with Tracy is an online and in-person support community for parents raising children with reactive attachment disorder or RAD. You're not crazy and you're not alone. Rad Talk with Tracy is a place where you'll feel understood, connected, and receive the right support. If you're looking for your people, your community, and a place where you can feel at home and start feeling better, visit radtalkwithtracy.com. Check out our services and sign up for the one that's right for you. Right, right. And Andrina, you were nodding your head. Can you relate to that? I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm doing, like you said, what normal humans do now, but there is still a little, I've actually been recently reflecting more on it. Like, how, like, what does it mean to be fully like healed? Because I don't think. I've been, pon- I've like been pondering be, that question forever. I don't, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I'm just doing this program through church and we just have been, I don't know, talking about patterns of behavior and I realized I still do have tendencies to like self-protect and like it takes it. I'm very slow to trust. I do have close relationships. Like I didn't have that before, but I do now, but there is still part of me that protects myself first before I let like more than the average person, I guess. Right. That sounds very insightful. The two of you I'm hearing are able to look at your actions and evaluate them and 
try and interpret them, maybe make a change. Uh, a lot of introspection as well, which is uh, something I'm sure you didn't have or didn't notice within yourself before you uh, decided to change and jump in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legend, you were saying that, uh, and part of that introspection is you saying that you notice that you can go down at times. What does that look it's like? It's hard to describe. Like, it's more of a, I know it when it happens type thing. Um, mm. Do you know it before it's happening or is it kind of an after the fact? Like, oh. <laughs> no, it, it's kind of like an after, after fact and like caught in the middle of it. Like, I know when I'm doing something that I would have done in my younger years, you know, with rat and everything, I'll like, I'd know it as I was doing it or after, you know, and there would be no, oh, uh, I can feel something, you know, type thing, but there would be like, no, like hint, it'd just be either happening or done. Mm. And so when it is happening, are you able to stop right there and correct it? Or is it like a train that just keeps going to the end? It happens in like chapters. Like it'll be, I'll be good for like two months, three months, you know, let's say it'll be good, but, um, and then there'll be like something come up and then there'll be another thing came up because of the first thing happened, you know, it's kind of, and then I'll like, and then it'll eventually get better. Like, it's just it's a little hard to describe, but, um, it feels like it, when I start to go downhill, it ends up in like, you know, chapters, like chapters of a book and then it'll stop. And you know what I mean? Right. So it's good for a while and then there's a bump in the road and then it's back to good again. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ever able to recognize what it is that sent you kind of downward? Like, is there a trigger? um, I honestly don't know. Like I, I, you know, people can like go, Oh, that triggered me. And you know, some ragheads can go that triggered me. That's why I did this. Yeah. I I don't like, there may be a trigger, but my mind doesn't like recognize it. So I have no idea. Does this feel normal to you now, or do you have to work to not fall back into it? So during those good times, do you feel like you're working at it and really consciously thinking about it or has it really become easier for you and just more natural? I feel like I'd have, like there are some points where I have to work at it. And then like, like for example, travel back, you know, a couple of years when I had rat and everything, when stuff would go downhill, it was because like, I was let it go downhill. You know, I was like, okay, let's make today a, crazy day or something you know it was kind of like a basically it was like it it'll all happen at one like in like one day and um Mm. and that's when you came back right 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 but like it'll all happen and like i'll I'll go okay i know that today's gonna be like a crazy day because i did this and this is gonna cause this to happen mom's gonna be mad stuff like that and then they're like, when it starts to get better, I go, oh, I'm actually like working at it. Like I'm actually trying to behave, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And Andrina was smiling and not, you were nodding your head when Legend was talking about, oh, this is going to be a bad day. Mom's going to be upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were, what was coming to mind for you when Legend was talking about that? 
I think when I was younger and like I had read, it definitely was a choice. Like some days I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be a little gremlin today. Yeah, they got this exactly. Like, there was something up. There were some days that was a choice to, you know, figure out how your day would go. And there's some days that you just didn't know what was happening. Like, <laughs> I feel like now it's just like natural. I don't think I have, I think like right after I was like, he, like quote unquote healed, like I was more healed than I was not. Mm-hmm. I think there were still days. I remember my parents being like, like kind of call me out. They're like, really? Like, that's what you used to do? Like, do you really want me doing that now? Yeah, and I'm that's, like, okay. that's my mother. No. But <laughs> now, I don't, <laughs> now I don't really have that. It's just more so just with relationships. Like, I have to be more intentional with being like, okay, you can be vulnerable. Like, you can trust. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't really have behavioral things like I used to. Like, right key word being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The big one. <laughs> that's a, that's at the heart of this, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for most people, let alone coming from the situations that kids with reactive attachment disorder come from biological or adopted families. It's a lot. Yeah. So how does it feel to be on the other side? Freeing. <laughs> Freeing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at first I was embarrassed of my past, but now I'm just like, huh. what it was. And I'm more like proud of it. And like, I'm not as ashamed of like telling people about it. I'm like, yep. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> Good for you. So you were embarrassed about it. Talk about that. What was embarrassing? I think now. Like my personality of what I was as a kid does not reflect who I actually am because I was hiding who I actually was. Mm. So like just like the anger, like the meanness, like I'm like the most slow to anger person you'll ever meet now. Like, <laughs> and then just like, I'm not mean, <laughs> like I'm yeah. nice. So it's just like embarrassing at first because I'm like, are they going to think I'm like that? Because I'm mm. like, I'm not. It's just all like a defense mechanism, but not everyone really understand and like we we're saying in the beginning like not many people we don't come across people with rather that often let alone we don't come across a lot of people that actually understand what it is mm-hmm. you just kind of look crazy like a, <laughs> like a crazy kid <laughs> you know the, I love yeah. that you're pointing that out because from a parent perspective you know to add to that a, a parent feels crazy and misunderstood when describing their child's behavior or what they're experiencing. So I find it really interesting that your perspective is the same as a a rad child who has recovered or is on the way to recovery that you felt judged and concerned about what people would think of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you pointed out that you, that you, you were kind of hiding behind, you were hiding behind this person that you were with reactive attachment disorder. So that wasn't really you. Do you think that's common for most kids that what they're doing isn't really who they are deep inside? Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's all like reactive, how you're acting. It's not, you're not thinking about it. It's just protective. It's mindless. Protective. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping yourself safe, protected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zero vulnerability. Yes. Oh, that's sticking with me. I really appreciate that. 
What are you doing today? What does success look like for a rad kid that's recovered? Or what can it look like? What does it look like for you, Legend? What are you doing today? What do you have relationships? Do you have a job? Are you happy? Do you feel like yourself? I, I personally feel there are some, some steps like for me that I still haven't quite conquered yet. I know mm-hmm. like I know there's still a little I, a little bit of work that needs to be done. I, there's something I just can't put my mind to it. Um, but overall, I'm happy to, with where I am. I'm doing it and I'm working and, and living on my own and stuff like that. Wow. And I appreciate your honesty about that, that there's still things to work on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that'll come with time and age. Cause I am mm-hmm. like, how many years older? I'm like six years older than you. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was a good one. So how do you feel in your skin? Describe now? what you mean by skin. <laughs> well, just like, how do you feel about yourself? You know, Andrina had talked about she was feeling embarrassed and worried that people would think that she was actually the person she was when she was exhibiting rad behaviors. And so she had to come out and just be, okay, this is who I am. Talk about it and open up about it. And, um, you know, she's feeling better about herself. You know, she doesn't anger easily. She has relationships. She feels very free. Do you feel free from from rad do you feel relief i know i'm like probably 90 percent of the way there personally like i know i feel like there's still a little bit of things that are like kind of like trying to grab at my ankles you know as i'm walking but overall like relationship status with like my family and friends even like you know are they're, they're all good way better than they were let me tell you that way better than they were everyone's getting along and you know, with, with me and I'm getting along with them. So that's great. Yeah. And I love that you're both at two similar, but different places because that's how it goes. And so legend, you know, you've recovered, you've done a lot of work. There's some more work that you need to do. The beautiful thing is that you recognize that and that you're open and honest about it and that you can look at that and you're going to keep getting better with that outlook and that insight. And then Andorina, you are a little further along, right? You have a university degree. Yep. I'm working on my master's. Congratulations. And talk a little bit about what you want to do. I want to be a rad therapist. I'm getting my master's in family and marriage counseling with an emphasis in child and adolescent studies. And then I hope to be a family counselor for kids with red. That's great. Have you started your master's program yet or is it in the works? I did. Really? New from the last time. <laughs> yeah. That is new. Congratulations. Thank you. How far into the program are you? Not far. Not far. <laughs> it's only been a few months. <laughs> right, right. But. Yeah. And ha- is that hard to, or was that hard once you broke through rad and life opened up for you? How much support did you need to, or motivation, or did you do it yourself to get into a college program and now a master's program? Um, I think my parents are really supportive and it wasn't that hard to take that step. Master's was 
I procrastinated on that a little while. <laughs> I was like, right. is this really what I want to do? And then I worked with Nancy at that camp. And that was like, honestly, the most, the thing that confirmed that that is what I want to do. I do want to work with kids with rad. So I'm like, all right, got to start my master's or else I can't. So Good for you. And so you worked with Nancy Thomas at once at one of her camps helping kids. Mm-hmm. And so what perspective do you think you'll bring or how you're obviously a survivor or recovered rad kid? You've been through it. You can see it through eyes that nobody else can. Rad Talk listeners, it's time to mark your calendars. The second annual Navigating Rad Conference is happening this fall in Atlanta, Georgia from October 7th to 9th. You won't want to miss it. Visit radadvocates.org to register. Mm-hmm. It was definitely really interesting at the camp because like I could see as a rad kid what they were doing like in the lens of a rad kid I'm like you're being manipulative manipulative right now you know, like I could just tell what they were doing and then but also it was interesting seeing because I never saw the parent side like I was like an adult looking in mm-hmm. and just made me feel more like sad in a way I'm like wow I've really put my parents through a lot <laughs> Cause like I heard the parent side of it. I'm like, wow. But. Yeah. It's a lot of pain on both sides, a lot mm-hmm. of pain on both sides. And so when you mentioned that you kind of know what's going on in the rad kids head, do mm-hmm. you feel like, do ideas come to mind of ways that maybe aren't other people aren't doing to help turn that around or change that? Do you think that, that's helpful for you to, or to come up with different ideas or is what's happening out there successful? I think what Nancy's doing is extremely like successful. I think like the approaches and like, it's just really structured. And I think, I don't really know a better way to do it. And that's kind of how my parents, uh, the therapy techniques used on me too. And it worked. So Right. So consistency, just sticking with the same consequences, the same routine, very structured. How about you legend? I mean, you're working now. Was that hard to make that leap into the work world and out on your own? A lot of, it's a lot of commitment. So, um, I mean, still this day I had commitment issues, but it's a, it's a big, it's a big step, you know? Huge, huge step. So what are relationships like for you? Both family. Did you ever think you would be this connected to your family? I I honestly have never, never, never guessed how like I am with my family, friends, all that. I thought that day would never come. Like if you asked me, you know, three years ago, Hey, what do you think? You know, you think by the end of this Institute, you know, uh, you can have good relationships with your family and friends. I would have been like, no, at the beginning of it. Like, I would be like, hey, no, like, <laughs> but it's just mind opening. Like how, like when I went through this process, you know, how everybody has their own, like everyone has like, everyone's aspect to be changed a little bit, you know, and once we went through everything. Um, but it, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like rad parents and rad kids. We're all in the same, you know, big ocean, but we're in different boats. So some of it's the same and some is different, right? For parents, what we experience 
and what are, what you go through growing up with reactive attachment disorder. And thanks for sharing Andrina, the parent perspective. That's a huge leap too, to not only be able to look at yourself and make those changes, you know, that's, you had to overcome both of you overcome so much, uh, to get past that fear, to be vulnerable and free yourselves a little bit and, and feel safe enough to connect. What would you say to other kids, other children with reactive attachment disorder or their parents or both? And the reason I'm asking is because most of us, like I said, at the beginning, most families really don't have, first of all, there's not a lot of resources in today's time for either kids with reactive attachment disorder or the parents and families. So it's already so limited and everybody is looking for answers and trying to make change. But in the meantime, while we don't have, we don't always have access. Some families do, some don't. Um, What would you tell kids that, that are, you know, not in that choice mode yet. Is there something that you can tell them that you think would maybe influence or help them? I think for me, it was like fear made me make that choice. Right. I didn't right. want, cause I didn't want to be like, I wanted to get better. I wanted to fix relationships. I was tired of, you know, having chaotic days and all that with my family, you know, it was, I wanted to like, again, make the choice to make the change. Like, yeah. So, but it was, so there's no nudge to get somebody to that choice or to that decision. (laughs) I think it's just they need to reflect on their life. If they're like, if they're genuinely happy or not happy and odds are they're not happy. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't, wasn't happy. Yeah. So they just need to make the jump of faith. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of yeah. this. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. And do you have any advice for parents that are struggling and really trying to help their kids, but they're tired, they're frustrated, they're lost? You know, is there any words of wisdom or motivation or? I think as long as they're being consistent and they're doing all they can, they're doing amazing I think they're doing an amazing job and like we've been saying like even if they're doing all the things like everything right like it is ultimately the kid's choice so they can't force them but as long as they're doing what they can that's the best and hopefully one day the kid will look back and thank them I think for me it's just like for the parents you know just be patient like you may go after month three of you figuring out this, you may be wanting to pull out your hair, you know, just be patient. I mean, I was talking to my mom the other day, I go, or for it was for Mother's Day, and um, I texted my mom, I was like, happy Mother's Day, thanks for sticking with me for these, you know, almost 13 years. And um, and it just like, it just opened my eyes when I when I was typing 13 years, I'm like, it's 13 years of like of this they were patient with me for 13 years. Like you just got to be patient with them. What do you think causes a child growing up with rad to not make a change because not everybody does make it. 
What is that? Fear. You know how like there's fear. different personalities. Some people like even people without red, there's people that live in fear because that's just how they are. I don't know. So I feel like part of it's also a personality type. And that's also really hard to hear too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just I mean, it could be like a depression type thing, you know, it's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna stick with it. It's like, oh, I don't wanna I don't wanna make it you know make a choice make a change because i don't know what change is like i know what this is like because i live this in everyday on like an everyday basis so that would be my guess of like why some kids wouldn't want to change or you know yeah what do you think life would have been like for you if you hadn't changed lonely lonely very yeah very very lonely lost you know yeah, lonely, lost. You know, I just don't know because it because you're not. Yeah, because <laughs> right. Which is fantastic. Do you think you would have had a job? Would you? Where would you be living? Can you even predict what that would have looked like if it had gone the other way? For me, I think it would have gone terribly wrong. Like if it, if I, if I didn't get better, I think it would have been like. I would have gotten myself in some big trouble and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. how about you, Andrina? Um, I think I would have had a job and lived kind of like a human, but also it just would have been really lonely. And I probably would have bounced job to job because I trust my boss or like, I probably wouldn't be the nicest or I don't right. know. Like, I don't really know. I just feel like it would have been a, miserable life Mm -hmm. and not trusting a boss. So it's not just your parents. You don't trust it's adults, right? So you mentioned you didn't, you wouldn't have trusted Mm -hmm. your boss. Yeah. Was that your life too? Not trusting every adult. Yeah. I don't trust anybody. I could pretend I trust the people, but Mm -hmm. at the root of it, no, I don't trust anyone. When did you feel like you needed to pretend? Like what situations? Like at school with my teachers or um, I think I told you with my dad, I pretended I trusted him to hurt my mom. Right. So it is usually being like manipulative, manipulative ways, like in front of my parents. I'd be like, oh yeah, I love my teacher. Like, <laughs> like but right. yeah, like I didn't. <laughs> and did you pretend in front of other people because you didn't want them to see that side of you or just, yeah, just to function yeah. every day? Yes. Legend. What about kids who are older than you, young adults? Is it possible to still make that choice at any time in your life, do you think? Or does it get harder the older you get? I feel like it's, I feel I, like, I don't know, but like, I feel like it would get harder to pull yourself out of the hole the older you get because your mind has adapted to it for so long. Like that environment, like I was saying earlier, you're used to it. So I feel like it'd be harder to pull yourself out. Right. Because it's habitual and you build that pattern and stronger and stronger. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andrina? Do you think harder? the older you get is it possible uh, I think it's possible but yeah definitely more difficult probably yeah 
if you imagine, and this is hard, I have to imagine too, cause I don't have rad, but imagine if you had, you know, reached 25, 30, you both talked about moments that things just, you fear, you didn't want to switch families. You didn't want to live like that because you weren't happy. Andrea, you were tired, tired of it. Do you think that adults could make that change? And the reason I ask is because, like I said before, not all kids get the resources um, or situations that maybe you were in where they have that support to get to that point, to make the decision to break through and be vulnerable. Parents often wonder, we often have kids that are now adults or turning 18 and and heading out into the world and they're on their own. And so there's a lot of fear from parents of what is, what does that look like when they get to 18 and older, and they may still have reactive attachment disorder. And I know legend, you were saying you still work on things, but you know, you've come such a long way, um, leading a very typical life. Do you think there's still moments that could happen in, in their lives that could spark the willingness to take that on? I think like, um, for me, it was, for me, like also maybe it wasn't just the, um, you know, the fear factor of me getting sent away. I was also the fact of me living in a, like a residential treatment center type thing and seeing those kids leave the the program better and going back to their families it was kind of like a motivation like a like a role model mm. it was seeing those kids get better and leaving going back to the families that was like maybe want to go i don't want to be here anymore i doubt he wants me to, you know the, the foster parent there wants me to be there you know and then also the fear factor kicks in so i think it was like a i think if they had like a role model if the adults would have like a role model or you know a like a source you know, knowing somebody that had it or just listening to this podcast, like, I think they could, they could, if they put their mind to it. I think an adult can change because, you know, like adults go to therapy just even without rad and they change certain behaviors. I just think it's much harder because they've yeah. lived their entire life with the same habits, same. And like, if there's like a brain thing that goes along with it too. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's a lot a lot harder to reverse things that you've been doing your entire life but it's definitely doable I think do you have other things you want to share like when you were thinking legend let's have this conversation what would you like people to know it's kind of like what I'm known by but it's um the parents can you know parents need to be patient you know just work with work with them you know um you can't have you can't for the kids like you can't have an adult make that choice to make the change to get better it's the decision you have to make that will impact where you like what your next steps will be so they could be given so much help they could be given all the resources they need and they, if the kid doesn't make the choice they can't you know the choice to make the change they can't like get you know head in the right direction Right. It goes back to that control, right? We can do so much, but you're still in control of what you decide to do. Right. And that's something nobody can change, but you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andrea? What would you like people to know? 
know, I said it before, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to work for it on both ends. Like, mm-hmm. just like you said, be patient, be consistent as a parent, loving, and child. Just be courageous. Like, it's going to be okay. If your parents have consistently showed you they love you, you are safe. It'll be okay. Mm. And it'll be worth it. Yeah, it'll be worth it. Wow. I had one more question for you. What would you like other kids or young adults that are listening to this podcast? Maybe parents are sharing it with their kids. Uh, maybe they're listening to it on their own. What would you like them to know? Rad to rad. I think for me, it's just if, it was, if I was talking to another rad or rad you know, kid, um, I would say Be patient, work through it, you know, give it time. Um, especially do not give up. Like, I mean, you've seen myself, you know, the other side, you know, the, you know as she said, the light at the end of the tunnel, you've seen what that is with me, you know, and um, just know that you can get better. So you just got to work at it a little bit. Nice. How about you, Andrina? I've had them envision, like, how do they, like, want their life to look like? And because, right, like, really, like, often you're just so, like, tunnel vision and you're just weighed down by all, like, the negative things. So, and, like, the fear. They'll be like, okay, what do you, like, what do you actually want? And then every day when they are going to act out or are going to self-sabotage, like that can be their goal and like have them strive for something better, mm-hmm. you know? So they have like a light to look for and then eventually they will be there. That fear is a hard place to get through, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You both are living through rad, even though there's little pieces that sneak in every once in a while, but you've, you've made it. Do you have any plans? Andrina? I know you're planning to be a rad therapist. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans? Has this inspired you to connect with more kids or try and find more young adults that have come through reactive attachment disorder? I would love to. That's definitely a goal or a dream. How about you, Legend? I'm sorry. What was the question? (laughs) That's okay. I was wondering if this has inspired you both to try and and connect to other or find other young adults that or people that have come through rad and and build your circle a little bit. You've got two of you that didn't know each other. You've never really met anybody out in your community in day-to-day life that right. has rad. Would you want to meet more? Oh, yeah. Um, this yeah. is typically like, you know, why, why I'm taking these opportunities with your, you know, podcast and everything. Uh, I want to be like, try to get me out there, get us out there or whatever um, to try to help every kid we can you know it could be just talking with them it could be just you know giving them advice but I'm trying to get out there you know and wouldn't it be great to meet other people that have come through rad and build your circle a little oh, yeah. bit bigger oh, yeah. right yeah. you guys would have Big a time. lot to talk about yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening I'll put Andrina and Legends contact information uh, on the social media post and on the website that you can, um, so that you can connect with them. 
It is so good seeing you both. It's amazing. It's so inspiring as a rad mom and a coach uh, to, to get to chat with you and get some insight into your brain uh, and how, what you experienced and what that was like for you. So thanks so much for getting through what you did. I mean, is an incredible feat and um, just way to go for pushing through and getting to where you both are today. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll be back to listen to future episodes. If you like the show, please subscribe and help me spread the word by clicking share and like. If you're a parent who needs more support, whether it's for you or your family, please check out my website at radtalkwithtracy.com and visit radadvocates.org.